Today's episode of The Man in the Myth is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. What's up, everyone? It is April 9th, 2020, and this is an emergency edition of the Man in the Myth podcast here. Uh, my name is Sean O'Shotty. Chuck Mendenhall and producer Chris are on the line, as is our intrepid leader over at the Athletic MMA, Dan Stupp, and one half of the co-main event podcast, Ben Folks. Appreciate you gentlemen hopping on the line with us. Uh, so one of the craziest weeks we have ever seen in MMA has now led us to this. Uh, about a thousand false starts and stops, but UFC 249 has officially been canceled. Dana White telling ESPN today that it's over. The powers that be at ESPN and Disney putting a kibosh on everything this afternoon. All UFC events have now been postponed indefinitely. So I will start with you, Chuck, and then we'll just sort of go around the room here. Reaction to this just crazy, chaotic day in these, this news. <laughs> Yeah, man. You know what? There's a part of me that thinks that at least now there's something some like some finality to what's been going on, because I feel like this whole card has played out theoretically to this point. You know what I mean? Because we, at first we had one main event, then we had another main event, which was uh, exciting under different contexts. You know, it might have been exciting if it was down the road. Uh, and then you have Rose Namajunas, who uh, fell out today, and it felt like we were doing more patchwork on this card. You had the ABC there was all the uh, you know the mystery behind that and uh, who's going to sanction it and even naming the Tachi Palace like to even say the name I felt like that was even theoretical as we kind of went on. It's just it feels like finally we've got some kind of definitive answer as to what's happening. And I guess I got to say, man, it feels good on that level. None of it feels good besides that. But for me, it's like okay, now we know it's not happening. I don't have to answer any more questions with my buddies you know, wondering what's going on with Dana White and all this stuff. So that's where I'm kind of at as I process this uh, in, in in its immediacy right now. Ben, what do you make of how this has all played out in this past few days and just even today? Well, it seems uniquely MMA, doesn't it? Just everything about it. <laughs> Who else? What totally. other sport? All the other sports writers I know are just kind of being like, well, I'm kind of digging through the old notebook trying to f- come up with stuff to write about. There's not much going on. Everybody's shut down. And we managed to have the most stressful week ever without a single punch being thrown. And that's, <laughs> in a way, I'm almost proud of us. You know, like that – we're staying true to who we are even amid the coronavirus pandemic. But yeah, I mean it is kind of crazy the whole – the way this developed and the way the story kept changing just so quickly – and the whole way, I think most of us were looking at it and going, I don't think you're going to be able to do this, man. Like it's There's so many things working against you. And one after another, another thing gets added. And then finally when we hear in the end that, okay, it is not going to happen. There's, there's too much working against it. It's not even Dana White himself really making the decision. It's somebody else calling him on the phone and being like, okay, you've reached a point of no return and now you have to actually stop. And yeah. so it's like – kind of the worst of all worlds for the UFC. You bring all this negative attention on yourself, and then when you finally do make the the saner decision to, to not go through with it, you don't even really get credit for it because you make very clear that you, <laughs> this is against your will still. <laughs> In a way, that's, that's the most point. UFC way to handle this, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Dan, what do you what do you make of all this, man? 
it's just amazing, like MMA and specifically the UFC, like how long it takes them to get to the right decision when it's clear (laughs) to everybody else, like what the final, you know, where we're headed, like the the fact that they try to take every detour sometimes in in situations like this and everyone's throwing up caution flags and, and trying, I mean, they get there eventually just, the amount of time it takes to get there is just staggering sometimes. Coronavirus wasn't going to bully Dana White. You know what I mean? <laughs> it had to be Disney in the end. <laughs> I mean, it's just three weeks ago that he was saying that he doesn't give a shit about coronavirus, right? This has all happened yeah. so fast. man. It, yes. And that's the thing is the twists and turns of all of this. Like two days ago, the commission, California commission saying that none of this is going to be sanctioned. And then they reverse course within a span of 24, 48 hours. We have the Diane Feinstein statement today and just all of this. It's so bizarre, man. We're this little niche in the world and it feels like we're handling this in such a different way than literally every other sport in existence. It's It makes us have to kind of defend things that we don't want to. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm constantly being asked about this from people on the outside who are in lockstep with the rest of humanity and understand what's going on in the world. And they want to know, you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, Hey man, you know, there's this crazy, you know, leader at the, at the UFC and he wants to go through with this. And you kind of have to tell them like, you know, this is, you don't have a, a, um, an explanation so much as you do just like giving Dana White's kind of uh, mentality, you know what I mean? And it's at some point that gets kind of tiresome, but I feel like we've had versions of this. This is by far the craziest we've dealt with, but we've had versions of having to kind of dig in and, uh, you know, figure out ways to, get behind or to accept things that are going on in the sport that you don't necessarily want to do. And that went on way too long with this. So there's a part of me, man, that just feels very much like, okay, now, now we're finally like the rest of the sports scape right now. We don't, we don't have to explain ourselves anymore. Ben, what do you make of sort of the reaction we've seen from the MA fan base just in the past several hours? Cause it it really is like fury. (laughs) It's an overwhelming sense of fury. Like that, the U.S. senator releases a statement today, and suddenly my mentions just devolve into a lava pit. Well, I think it kind of highlighted some things that we already knew about different segments of the MMA fan population. You know, like the same way, whenever you start talking about fighter health and safety or fighter pay or the way fighters are treated, there are always going to be the fans who show up right away to tell you that they don't care about any of that. And that all they want to see is somebody else get punched in the face, somebody bleed who is not them, uh, all for their entertainment. And it's not that surprising that that segment of the fan population is going, hey, I'm at home and I'm bored and put on a show for me. I don't care what the risks are for you guys. I don't care whether it's a good idea or not. I want to see some fighting, so bring me the fighting. And but there are plenty of other fans who, I mean, I hear from them uh, through you know, my podcast and through Twitter where they are more reasonable about it and saying like, hey, I want to see some fights. I'm bored too, but I don't want to see people get infected with coronavirus and then spread it to their families. It's not, I don't want to need the fights that badly. I think it's just that that segment of the fan population doesn't tend to be as obnoxiously loud about it. So you don't notice them quite as much. But I mean, the thing that surprises me is how here we had this event where I, I guess I understood it a little more when it was still... Khabib versus Tony, man. That's been the white whale we've all been chasing for years. Yeah. And we finally get this opportunity where it looked like it was going to happen and people didn't want to let it go. And I could a little bit more understand that when people are going, 
you know what, we've waited so long for this fight, and it's the fight that has to happen. Like, let's not call it off if there's any way we can make it happen. Even if it's just, just those two guys in a room with a cameraman, like, just give us that. And I, I could kind of understand that. But then when you lost that, and then when you lost the co-main event, the, the Rose Namajunas and uh, Jessica Andrade fight, and both of them you lost for reasons that were directly having to do with this pandemic. Yeah. Like at that point, then you're just – the only reason you're going forward is because you said you would and or because you know there's money in it for you. And that's the part where it just got completely ridiculous is trying to force through this fight that really by the time you got it there wouldn't be anything like what you were originally promising and yet just doing it because you said you would. You guys sound like some real wimps. Yeah. <laughs> Fair point. This is – this is part Fair of that country. ongoing pussification of America, Dan. Get with this. Um, I kind of wanted, you know, this first card was one thing. I kind of wanted to see, though, what would April 25th look like? Because that was almost, it was almost like, okay, they're, they're gearing up on, uh, you know, skewing everything and, and get, going through whatever they're going to do and digging their heels in. They're going to have this first event, but how would the next one look after the first one was perceived? Because I felt like maybe there would be a lot more national scrutiny on the event if it took place as is there's a little bit of me that's like wondering how that would have all played out so i guess i was bracing for that sort of thing i have no idea in what form that would come up but uh i thought it would at some point in this whole process well so that's the thing too now right like that's sort of the spot we're in like we're now in the same spot as every other sport in the world and it took us a while to get here but we're here now and you see the nba talking about might have to cancel the whole season, might have to cancel the playoffs. MLB, they don't know what they're going to do. I mean, how long do you guys think this is going to last now that we're actually finally here? I mean, that's I a tough know, question, man. right? Like the I think the uh I've been listening to way too much media, listening and reading to way too much media regarding this, Same. which especially right before bed, I don't recommend listening to like podcasts <laughs> about uh, pandemic. I know all and about stuff. this. Yeah. No, it's not a great idea, and yet I keep doing it. And one of the things to keep hearing from people who are like both like uh, New York Times health and safety reporters and uh, various like experts and scientists and stuff in the field is that the the whole shelter in place thing and, and flatten the curve thing it's it's working, and yet it only works if you do it well, like if you do a good job of it, and if you do a half-assed job of it, then we're just going to have to keep doing it, and we're just we're going to come out of it too soon and then have to go back into it. And I really think we're not going to be done with it as quickly and as easily as we might be telling ourselves we are. I think there's there's a tendency to be like, okay, hey, we're going to hit July and we're going to ring the church bells and give the all clear and everybody's going to come out and dance in the fields and it's going to be great and we'll never have to think about it again. And it's far more likely, I think, like, from what all the experts are saying that okay, it'll go away for a little while and then it'll come back and then until we have a vaccine, you, we won't really be done dealing with it. And it's also, like, I think we just really don't know at this point, we're still too in the thick of it, like, what's going to be different? Like how this is going to have changed the way we live and a lot of like the fundamental structures that guide the way we live. And for all we know, we might look back on it and be like, April 2020 was the absolute worst of it. And then that will make it even crazier to think about how the UFC was dead set on promoting fights then. <laughs> So it sounds like you're thinking of May. Yeah. <laughs> sure, Chuck. Yeah. By May, come on out, man. If It'll Dana has his druthers. Hey, Fight Island is real, guys. Fight Island is real. <laughs> he, did, he did punch that in there with that Brett Okamoto interview, didn't he? 
He made that sure really, that that's knew. the plot to Mortal Kombat. That's the plot to the Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> it's a plot to so many movies. Like, never is anybody doing anything good on a private island. Like, never. <laughs> <laughs> never. That's true. I guess that's sort of the fundamental point of a private island, right? Is you're, whatever yeah. you're doing, you don't want to do it <laughs> close to the proximity of the rest of the population. Well, see, that's the thing. You know, we've talked about this. Chad and I were talking about it on the on the co-main event, and we were talking about it on our staff call yesterday. Where, what if Dana White does if Fight Island is real? First of all, we got to come up with a better. We can do better <laughs> than Fight Island. Yes. But uh, what if he starts promoting some events down there and finds that he really likes it, and you got so much more control over there? You, you, I mean, not having a live audience might be a bit of a downside, but hey, maybe we won't <laughs> be able to do that for a little while anyway. If he gets a taste of being a eccentric, uh, wealthy fight promoter on his own private island, does he ever come back from that? Or does he just fall in love with it? Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's almost weird to even think about what happens next. But I, it was sort of my – I'm not going to lie. Like, I've obviously – I'm so invested in Habib Tony that it was my first thought when I saw this. Is Does this mean we now get – Habib Tony back. Can we sort of go back to normal whenever this does, when everything does go back to normal? Can we sort of resume, pick up where we are left off? That's the move, right? Like, is anybody on this at all opposed to just going back to Habib Tony, or is that sort of what we have to do? Please let that be the move. Yeah, it's got to be the move, right? I, I I feel like this fight, it was maybe the best version of what they could do outside of that one, given it's Justin Gaethje, but it still made no sense. And we've talked about this a million times on the on this podcast, but I feel like now you have the opportunity and probably the demand, right, to go back to the fight that it was supposed to be. Uh, I hope that's the move anyway. Yeah, I think if you're the UFC, too, like, you're going to have these postponements. There's probably going to be weeks, you know, with, with no real news or anything. Like, if you can just keep kind of reiterating, well... You know, this is unfortunate, but, you know, now we we can put Khabib and Ferguson back together. Like, that's the silver lining of the whole thing. And, and that's the sales pitch you can make for the next month and a half uh, when you do finally, you know, get ashore on, on Fight Island and, and beam the pay-per-view <laughs> out of there. Like, people are going to be excited yeah. about it. I, I don't think they're going to lose too much momentum if they stick with that fight. That sounds entirely too reasonable for Dana White, but we'll see, man. <laughs> well, and that too like- – if you do it when we can all feel a little better about watching it, I think it's just – it's a win all around. I, it's almost and, like a celebration at that point. Yeah. 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 It's like you know they, they flooded back into the globe to see a Shakespeare play. We go back to a sports bar to watch UFC <laughs> be even Tony. You know, exact right. same thing. Uh, the, but I think that there were a lot of reasons here why it – you could look at it and be like you're not going to do the huge numbers on pay-per-view that you think you're going to do just because you have – more of the audience all to yourself because one thing you know bars being closed that's a big driver yeah. of pay-per-view sales um no one can plus, go to their buddy's house things like that. right you, you don't think yeah. mma fans are going to go to their buddy's house during a lockdown <laughs> <laughs> if there's anybody who, it's the point yeah it's mma fans will be willing to break the quarantine for that but that's also like the ufc already fights so hard against piracy and you know has not slain that dragon no matter how much they've tried and if you were somebody who's out there and maybe you feel guilty about piracy, but you, you stream illegally a UFC event here and there, and you needed one to kind of justify for yourself, I mean, this would have been the one where you'd go, I don't feel good about giving these people my money for this, but I also want to see these fights. And so I could see a lot of reasons why it wouldn't have done the huge numbers. But if you do come back at a time when everybody can feel good about it, and, and it, it does kind of feel like, okay, now this can be a sign that we're 
resuming somewhat normal life and we'll bring in your Khabib and Tony back and we everybody can for a moment not feel completely racked by guilt just for ordering this thing. In a way, it don't because like we've talked about this a couple times in the past on this show where the way that this is all played out, it's delayed so many different fights and so many different events, and that was even before all of this, that it you get that build up now of guys who want to compete, women who want to compete. It almost feels like by the time this is all over, whether it's I don't know, July, whatever, whatever it is, August, there's gonna be such a buildup. The the last like third quarter, fourth quarter of 2020 might actually just end up being incredible because there is just everybody available and ready to go. Yeah, I mean they should be some pretty stacked guards. Yeah, but I think if you're a mid or, or lower level guy, like you got to know, like it's probably going to be a year or two before I fight again, especially if they start stacking fewer cards later in the year. Well, there is that year uh, or two. The Brett Okamoto said uh, on Twitter at least that after they wrapped up, Dana White mm-hmm. said that they that. are still planning to put on all 42 events which and if you what does that mean anymore yeah that that means like wednesday night fight fight card yeah Yeah. you know how they do shark week on the discovery channel uh or animal planet or whatever like we're gonna be like fight week where every single night we're gonna have to do some stuff like that like that's the only way you're gonna get to 42 if you end up having to shut down for you know a couple months we we laugh, but during fi- international fight week, what they do three events back to yeah, back to back. Three, oh, yeah, <laughs> yep. I actually I kind of miss those. Like I enjoyed those. I'm not gonna lie. The because you'd have the the prospects on one card and then the contenders on the other and the champions on the last one. It was kind of fun. I don't know. You'd have BJ Penn retiring at the very end, crying. That was the oh. worst, man. Every year, remember that one? Yeah. <laughs> every year, <laughs> every year. It's possible in this sport. Uh, last thing, and then we'll sort of wrap on this. This is probably inside baseball, but I'm just curious for you guys' thoughts because, I mean, we communicate every day about this, and we've sort of been trying to figure out this this problem as we go along. But what do you think the MMA media does now in general over the next who knows how long this could last? I mean, it was one thing when it seemed like it was going to be a week or two or maybe a month, but indefinite is indefinite. And if this came down from Disney, who really knows, right? What do you, What do you think we all do over the next month? Well, I, I mean, I know what we're doing at the athletic for the next month. We we've got a very big That's uh, true. project to do. Actually, a few yeah. different projects. I mean, we've got stuff to keep us busy. But you're right. If you're, you know, one of the MMA specific sites that that kind of lives and dies with the event schedule, uh, it, it's going to be trying times. I imagine, especially with uh, you know, no definitive or real end date. You know, that you can kind of circle on your calendar and. And just tell yourself if I can, you know, if we can at least get to here, we'll be okay. I, I think, you know, like I said, if you're specifically covering uh, MMA, you know, for an MMA uh, niche site, it's going to be probably a few very, you know, frantic weeks with with a lot of question marks. Gonna have to get creative. It's, I think that the takeaway. <laughs> tell you what, I got a I got a folder on the desktop here full of uh, MMA related yeah. fiction. So just holler at me. <laughs> just holler at me if you want to hear some completely made up stories. I see that? I'd yeah. Like to read that fiction. How how now? I'm curious. How how big is a folder? Like how many how many fiction items are in there? Once he had to take out his Fight Island because it was too believable that 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 folder got a lot smaller. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> The most dangerous game uh, themed one that I had and now has to probably be axed. I mean, listen, they're not all winners. They can't all, they can't all be home runs. Uh, actually, I lied. One last thing because I just saw this coming down uh, on my Twitter feed. This was Dana White just uh, you know, 
whenever all this came down on fighter pay. And this is sort of one issue that we've all been wondering about. His quote was, don't worry about the financial part of this to the fighters. He's saying, you're going to get the fights on your contract, which that's an interesting caveat to throw there. Uh, And I'm going to make things right with the people who are willing to step up and fight next weekend. And I'm going to take care of as many people as I possibly can. Chuck, what does that sound like to you? (laughs) Sounds like Dana speak, you know what I mean? But, uh, I still see he's still pinning this onto the hope that he can run all these cards, right? That he can make up ground as That's the year goes on. Like. And unfortunately, you just can't guarantee that. So it, even in his wording right there, that doesn't sound as promising as, as it should. But I guess in the short term, if he's taking care of all the people within this month and the next month and a half that have been affected, you think about guys like Nganu and Rosenstrike who've uh, now had their fight booked twice within this time and now moved twice. So they've had to keep training and keep uh, in shape and all that stuff. Like they're, they're, they're pretty affected, you know, through this whole thing. So as long as he's taking care of those guys in the short term, I guess then you revisit that uh, when you have more clarity as to how long this will go go on. I just love the the phrase. Don't worry about the financial part of this. You're going to get the fights on your contract. That's not, (laughs) it feels like sentence one and sentence two are not equivalent. Well, yeah. And, uh, also, like for most fighters, their contracts will say something like, you know, that you got to get at least a fight offer every six months in order for the, yeah. the UFC to keep stay out of breach of contract. And if you can't do that because of this shutdown, then what is that going to mean for you? Because it's, it, I don't think a whole lot of fighters are sitting around just worried, like, okay, hey, it, maybe the UFC was going to tear up the contracts because of this. Like, if you fight and get paid, that shouldn't be like, hey, way to go, UFC. I mean, that's. Of course, if you fight, and get, you fight, you get paid. The the concern for them is going to be like, especially how many fighters do you know where they make some money from fighting, but it's not enough even in the UFC to sustain them uh, full time. So what the the other thing they do is work at the gym or work at an a gym, and that's gone too in, in most places. And so it they're really going to be feeling the pinch. A lot of those people who are not making enough money that where they had a ton that they can just rely on now. And I wouldn't be that reassured if I was them and I was just being told like, oh, don't worry, you're going to get the chance to fight and get paid eventually because you felt like you were doing your part, you know, and uh, that those are the people I would think that it's worth reaching out to the UFC if you're one of those people and being like, hey, how can can you help me out so that I don't have to retire? All in all, just a very bizarre situation, a very chaotic week. Uh, As we said, probably the most chaotic week that at least I can remember in MMA. Dan, you've been in this a little longer than me. Have you, can you remember anything this, this crazy? Yeah. I, I keep thinking like, it's been almost 15 years now that like, okay, I, now I've seen it all. Now I've seen it all. <laughs> like I, I'm not even going to pretend that, you know, this is the craziest thing. Cause every time I think we've seen it all life and, and the world throws us something new. So I can't wait to see what 2021 brings us. Just wait until we get Josh Gross infiltrating Fight Island. That's the story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, thank you all, gentlemen, for joining us. Uh, We're going to continue to cover this story on The Athletic uh, as well as on the Man of the Myth podcast. This is all developing. This is our instant reaction to UFC 249 being canceled. We'll be back again on Monday. Ben, Dan, we appreciate you guys. Wish you could have made your first appearance on this show in a better circumstance, but we appreciate you taking the time. Chuck, producer Chris, as always, thank you. My name is Sean O'Shaughnessy. We'll see you guys on Monday.